starting in verse 12, it says, And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And so, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for this opportunity, and we pray, Lord, that you would just open our hearts to receive all that you desire to speak to us today. We actually go before this time in Jesus' name, amen. The first thing we see here in verse 12 is that there was a certain city. And as I look at that, I look at, you know, we're in a city, a city of Newark. You guys are here in a township of Jamesburg. And there's this certain place that the Lord has placed each and every one of us in. And here Jesus is in this certain city. And he says here, behold, there's a a man, Luke is reporting, a man, a man, a woman. It doesn't say his name, but a man. There are people. In our sphere of influence, if you may. And and so here I see this and he says, he, this person was full of leprosy. Now, if you're looking at what leprosy is, and and maybe some of you know, it's a micro bacteria. It's small. It's a little thing, you know, and and it attaches itself almost like a fungus, a small um, bacteria that attaches itself to a a neuron is what the biologic... um, biological term is and so here as you look at this is pretty incredible because it starts as a a little thing but this guy here it says that he's full of leprosy we know in the scriptures that often leprosy is referred to in light of sin and this person is just if you would look at a person full of sin they're just out there we would call them you know they're they're just far gone and so here it's pretty incredible because you see, first of all, the, it, when you look at leprosy, what occurs is, is this. It's a slow death process. And in this slow death process, it, it, it starts to eat away. And first of all, you don't see it normally in the beginning stages. It's not for many years that many lepers um, become aware of their infirmity. And so here, as you look at this here, what's wild is this person is full of leprosy. It's now manifested out and you can now see it on the guy. And you know how in the scriptures, many times when you were um, diagnosed with leprosy, you were put out of the camp. You couldn't be around the, the, the other people, the worshipers, the, those people who were fellowshipping with the Lord and in relationship because of your quote unquote sin or your illness sometimes what happens to us though in that place when we see people there we forget about them 
We kind of let them go like, oh, yeah, out of sight is out of mind. Too bad for them. Oh, I'll pray for them. And so here, what we see, though, this guy here, and you got to look at him and say, man, he's full of leprosy. But what happened to him? He saw Jesus. This is the turning point here, because when you look, what do you find? First of all, in this thing, in this leprosy, just like sin, it starts to eat away at you. It decays the bones where you no longer, it kills the nervous system, the nerve system. Just like sin, many times, you, you know, you might have that conviction, but you suppress the truth when God's Holy Spirit is tacking at your heart. Oh, yeah, I hear that, but I don't want to respond. And so you start to suppress it, and then you become more callous and callous and more and more to sin. And so it was here, this man, full of leprosy, they said, there's reports that, hey, when people were full of leprosy, that they couldn't even feel like when rats were chewing at their fingers and so forth. So here's an individual to the extent in his place of leprosy, but here we see that he sees Jesus. Leprosy chews up at the physical body, the flesh and so forth, but sin, what does it do? It chews up and eats at our hearts. It eats at our conscience. It eats at our, our will. And, and it also tears up and, and, and eats at our thought process. What do I mean by that? Well, leprosy many times occurs in the mind. It hides in the mind. Your sin, my sin, it hides in the mind before it projects out. And so here, when you look and what you're seeing here, this man full of leprosy. However, when you look at lepers and you see in the scriptures, where do we see? Number one, we see Moses when the Lord took him up on the mountain. And the Lord said, put your hand in, in, your, in your jacket, if you may, and pull it out. And it was full of leprosy and it was white. And he said, put it back in, and it came back, and it was whole. That's one account. We see another account with Miriam, when she was complaining against her brother Moses. And she was placed in a place with leprosy. The Lord had given her leprosy. Not only that, but we also see Naaman, 2 Kings chapter 5, where Assyrian, him, he was also a leper, full of leprosy and um, it was Elisha who had told him to go down and bathe in the, in, the, in the Jordan seven times and come up. And he was, oh man, that's, come on, give me something real. And, and so here, and you see these accounts, but not only that, we know in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, he says, hey, in the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. You know how Uzziah died? Leprosy. Why was that? Because he was a king and he was trying to take on priestly work. And so here we see these accounts and, and we know also that it's only Jesus who can be the king and the priest. And so there's a great account. But here, notice this man here. He sees Jesus. And this is what I want to ask you today. I want you to think about this as we're going through this passage. I want you to think on this fact. Hey, are people who are full of sin seeing Jesus? We who are in here, who are professing Christians, 
are that channel where people can see Jesus. And as I hear a lot of things going on here, look, Thanksgiving's coming, Christmas is coming. You look, and every day you are among people who are on their way to hell without us giving the good news, the great news, the gospel, true, unadulterated gospel to people. I'm not talking about, hey, you know, hey, you know, come to Jesus and you'll have your best life now. No, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about sin that needs to be dealt with, that needs to be repented of, that needs to be covered and atoned for. And without Jesus, that's not possible. Without us being that channel where Jesus can manifest himself through our lives, sinners will never see him. And here we see this man full of leprosy and Jesus, he sees Jesus. Now notice here, he's supposed to be out of the camp. And what you're supposed to do if you came in, in, in about a hundred feet of distance of somebody, you're supposed to yell out, unclean, unclean. Like quarantine, quarantine. And so here, what do we see here? We finally see a guy who sees Jesus and is willing to break the law. So that he could see Jesus. And so here, what do we see? We notice here, look, he sees Jesus and notice the first thing he does. He falls on his face and begs him, implore. He begs him. There's a place of humility there. There's a place of brokenness there. Because he's seeing Jesus holy. And he knows, hey, you know what? I heard about this guy. I heard about this Messiah that's been around healing people. And you know what? Hey, in his presence, I'm, whoo, nothing. I know what everybody else has been saying about me. But hey, I see Jesus. And look, he says he fell on his face and he implored him. He begged him. And notice he says, Lord, if you are willing. You can make me clean. Literally, the translation would say here from Kenneth Weiss is this. If you have the desire in your heart, you are able to make me clean. Now here, notice here, when you look at this, what do we see? Number one, the leper was willing, number one, to break the law. We see that. Normally, as you look here, as he's put out and he's yelling that unclean, what do we find here? Number one. We see him moving forward in faith. Look, as you look here, the only thing you see is, 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 is that he may have in question mark is this. Is the Lord willing? Everything else he says, hey, hey, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, what do we see? We see faith in action. James chapter 1 verse 6 says, if you are going to ask, look here, let us ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven um, and tossed by the wind. For let a man suppose that he will receive nothing from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. If we're going to ask the Lord for something, let us not ask doubting or question marking. Look, you, as you go forward, look, believe God can change lives. You know, we look at people torn down, destroyed and everything. And we kind of think, well, well, Lord, you brought me far. Or you know what? I wasn't that bad off. 
But whether you're at this mark or this mark, the reality is, look, hey, the Lord wants to save people. It's not his will that any perish. That meant you, me, and everybody else out there. We would look at Paul today as, a, as far out, right? And as you look at his testimony and you hear his story, we think he was far out. But the Lord wanted him. And here, as we look and we see, hey, when we ask the Lord, let us not doubt. And this man had not doubted. He just wanted to know if the Lord was willing. But look at the response here. As you see here, number one, it says, hey, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be clean. Now, First of all, he puts out his hand. Now, the law would say that anyone who touched the leper was considered unclean also. Now, look at here, the, 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 the big gap. When you look on this side, you have Jesus, holy. You look on this side, you got a, a leper, not just a leper, but a man full of leprosy. And Jesus could have said, hey... You over there, I hear you, be clean, man. You know, kind of like a football, it's a long pass. And some of us kind of, hey, you know, I, I know God wants to save you, hey, be saved. We know that he could have healed by just speaking the word. He had done it many times throughout the gospels, even with the ten lepers, he said, be clean. But for this man who was reaching towards the Lord and here the Lord says, look, hey, I am willing. He touches him. He comes in contact with him. And notice, see, I want you to see this. Don't miss this. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, he made him who knew no sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus has taken on that place for all of us. There's no difference with the leper, you and me. And here as we look, Jesus was willing to be considered unclean for this individual. Hey, I'll touch him. You know what? Everybody else may not want to touch him. Everybody else may say this about him, but I'll reach down into him. And this is kind of how I kind of view ministry up the road you know everybody else in society oh they're this and they're that and these people are those and how can you go over there and and think about this if you had a diamond that was worth five million dollars and there was a truck that kind of backed this truck up with a pile of horse manure upon it and just dumped it on there does the diamond lose its value it's still a five million dollar diamond under that heap of dung no <laughs> now i want you to think about this because look here the question is are we willing to dig through it and get a little dirty touch the mess 
and dig on in. Because you know there's a diamond in the bottom there that it still has its value. And you see, this is people's lives. People, look, every situation, I know some people bring problems upon themselves. And so I don't X that out. But the reality is, some other people have just been dealt a bad hand. And it's not until, it's not me just being humane that's going to help people. You know, we don't just go out into the streets and, hey, here goes a bunch of fish sandwiches. Hey, have at it. We'd be humanitarian. We wouldn't be ministry. But when we go out and we preach the gospel, we make sure the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is preached and people hear and see and see the love that we present to them from that. You see, we are willing to deal with the garbage. And so don't look at people for what they are. Look at them for what they're becoming. Look further on than the immediate circumstance that's in front of them. And so here, understand this. He touched them. He identified. There's identification there in and with this sinner. And so here, understand. Hey, he says, hey, he touched him. Don't miss this point. It's very important. And he says, saying, I am willing. Literally, the response there is saying at the same time, my heart desires it. Be cleansed at once. Now, when we look here, we see he is willing to cleanse us. The question is, are we willing to come to him? Now, understand, whether you are full of sin or just have what you would call a microbacteria, a small problem. Look here, Jesus told the Pharisees in John chapter 5, verse 40, he says, hey, um, 39 says, hey, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have everlasting life, for these are they that testify of me. He goes on and he says, hey, they would not be willing to come to him that they may have life. That, you know, the Pharisees would fall in that category of that micro bacteria, that small thing. Oh, I don't, if anything, I don't even have any wrong in me. I don't need any help. I'm fine. Well, <laughs> what do we want to trust in what they're saying or what Jesus says? Hey, are we willing to come to him? That's the question. Because if we're willing, he's willing to cleanse um, us or them of this infirmity, if you may. And so here, notice what he says. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Notice here, it didn't take a while. It was an immediate response to the heart of this individual desiring to be cleansed. Look. Understand this, there was no cure for leprosy. As you look at this account, what we're going to see in a minute, there's no cure, there was only a cleansing. There was no, no one was healed of this thing normally, and it never happened in Jerusalem at this time. And here, notice what's occurring here is this, look, this guy is going to be not only cleansed, but healed. Of his ailment. And here as you look. Hey. Jesus 
today is still cleansing lepers. And so as you look, hey, Jesus said in John chapter, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 5, verse 31 and 32, those who have no need of a physician, um, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. He says, I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinner to repentance. You know, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we all need the great physician, no? You know, so many times I've talked to people and they say, look, Jesus didn't come to, you know, for the righteous. Look, hey, we're okay. The Bible is very clear. All have sinned. And so here, when you look here, look, Jesus came for the sinner. If all have sinned, then who did Jesus come for? Huh? Oh. So the problem lies with us, right? With us. And so here, as you see, it says immediately the leprosy left him. Notice verse 14. And he charged him to tell no one. You know, it's pretty wild in this dynamic is. Jesus commands us to go into the world and preach the gospel. He tells this guy, go and tell no one. And the word gets around. He tells us to go into the world and preach the gospel. And we sit on the gospel like it was only for us. And there's no more cookies in the cookie jar for anybody else. I want to challenge you with something and think about this really. How many of us truly believe in a living hell? There is a true place called hell. Now think about this. Every day, every day, every second, there are people that are leaving this temporary life and transferring over into an eternal place called hell. And you know what I believe Satan makes us or tries to make us believe? That people are going there, but not today. They got another day. They have another day. They got another year. Oh, I could talk to them tomorrow. You know, that's a lie. And if we truly believe in a living hell and that people are going there, shouldn't it give us an urgency to share what we have freely been given with others who are dying by the second? We look here, he says, tell no one, but show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. Now, we'll come back here, but I want to go over to Leviticus because we'll find what Jesus is talking about in the book of Leviticus, this time chapter 14. In chapter 13, there's an outline given for the diagnosis. You know, you couldn't go to the dermatologist then. You know, so they laid out an outline, and there's where you see the dermatologist take his look, (laughs) if you may, on examining the leprosy. But then there's a 
chapter here in 14, it seemed like the Lord just placed it there for such a time as this. And here as you look, first of all, looking at verse 2, it says, They shall be um, the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go out from the camp. And the priest shall examine him, and indeed, if the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed two living and um, clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet, and hip hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and this in the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and dip it and dip them in the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. Now watch this here. Look at the typology. When you see number one, it was to be a sacrifice for those who were cleansed and the elders here as you look at that cleansing you know the verse in in first john one we'll pick up with the context i'll read it to you it says but if we walk in the light he is as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another the blood of jesus christ cleanses us from all sin now think about this here that first of all that is in the present tense form so it's a continual cleansing that's what the blood of jesus christ does for you and me and here he says if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness now look here as this cleansing is taking place he says here hey there's to be two living and clean birds. Now, the reason why it's the birds and not bulls and goats is that was the cheapest sacrifice that you can make um, as an offering to the Lord. You know, again, for all have sinned, so everyone had the opportunity to get a bird and make this offering to the Lord. We see here, it's not only that, but cedar wood. And not only that, but it's hyssop. Now, what does hyssop do? It, it, it removes the smell and leprosy would stink just like our sin. It stinks. Now here, think about this here as you look and think on this is, hey, there was scarlet in this. Like blood. It's red. And here, as you look, he says, one of the birds was to be killed in an earthen vessel. There's your death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. Not only that, but now as you look, hey, he says, this earthen vessel over running water. What is that? Come on, I know Pastor Joe is teaching you guys. What is water a symbol of? 
The Holy Spirit. Amen. I knew he was teaching you guys. And so here, as you look, he says, hey, in verse six, hey, cedarwood, scarlet, hyssop and drip it over the living bird and uh, the living bird in the blood. And notice it says over the one that's killed. And after that, right after that, in verse seven, it says, and he shall sprinkle it seven times. Number of perfection. And he says here, look, on him who is to be cleansed and um, from the leprosy and shall be um, pronounced him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. What is that now? Resurrection. So you see the cross is all wrapped up in this healing or cleansing of the leper. But now I want you to see this because, look, many times we come to the Lord or we touch someone and we bring them into a living relationship and we say, hey, now you're saved. But I want you to see some. Skip down with me down to verse 12 and we'll see, hey, once restoration was taking place, we'll see some Important notes here. It says in verse 12, and the priest shall take one male lamb and offer it to, as a trespass offering and the log of oil and wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then he shall kill the lamb in the place where he was killed, um, killed the sin offering Kills the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so the trespass offering is its most holy. Verse 14, zoom in. The priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it on the tip of his right ear of him who is to be cleansed on the thumb of the right hand. And on the big toe of his right foot. I want you to think about this. Your restoration. Look, you've come into this living relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the first thing he says here is, look, I want you to put some of the blood upon his right ear. And what do you do with your ears? You hear. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Once we come out and out of this world, we got to guard our ears from the things that we are listening to. And we need to get into the word so that our faith can grow. And that we can begin to trust the Lord and depend upon him and look to him for direction and to hear his voice. And not the voice of, of maybe CNN or, you know, your local radio station and all of that stuff. Look, we need to be listening to the Lord. And so here, as you look here, he says, hey, put the blood upon the right ear, number one. But not only that, he says, hey, and not only that, he's supposed, he's supposed to put the blood upon the right hand, the thumb of the right hand. What do you do with your hands? You touch. Kind of like Jesus did with that leper, no? You touch. You deal with things. And, and, and the question would be, what are you handling? And what are we dealing with in our hands? And now when you look here, not only what are you listening to and what are you touching, but he says here to put the blood upon your foot, the toe of the right foot. What do you do with your feet? You walk. 
You walk. And here, as we look at this thing here, don't miss this, please. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Don't just listen to a bunch of messages. Don't just listen to the word of God and, and, and our faith is, is just billion built up. And, and you know, one day, one day I'm going to do it. And, and then one day, go and listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. I used to go into the grocery store and I said, God, you know, give me an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. And I go and I feel Holy Spirit telling me, go, say right there, right there, that person right there. And I go, okay, I'm going to go. I wouldn't do it. And I go back home, oh man, I had this opportunity. And, and you know, I just didn't take advantage of it. Well, one day I finally came to a place of obedience. And it became addictive. You start to get high on this stuff. You see lives, hey, some people are rejected, hey, that's fine. Look, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, that in stewards it is required that one be found faithful. God didn't call us to bring about results. He called us to be faithful, and we need to be faithful with the gospel. Faithful to him, his commission, it's a command to go into the world and share this message. And here, as you look, hey, where are we walking? Hey, you come into that relationship, you're hearing the word, you're growing, hey, get with some people, build up on your, on, on your trust in the Lord and, and accountability with individuals. See the example that they're setting. But hey, let's watch where we're walking now too. Because if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. We shouldn't be going where we used to go. This should be transformation. And so here, I want to encourage us to consider this as we go back and we wrap up in Luke chapter 5, closing out in these last couple of verses here. In verse 15, he says, however, the report went around concerning him all the more. And a great multitude came together to hear and to be healed by him. Ask yourself today, are we like Jesus, where we touch one individual and they go and share, hey, you know what, that person there loves the Lord, come, 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 come with me, come with me, the same healing that I have, hey, I want to share with you, come, come. Are we like Jesus? Or maybe today, hey, you're, you're, you're the furthest thing from even being near or desiring to be like Jesus. But you're this leper. And you know you need cleaning. You know you want cleaning. And maybe you look nice on the outside. Maybe your leprosy hasn't manifested on the outside where people say, man, you are just out there. But you know in your heart of hearts that you are just full of sin in the heart. 
You know, when nobody's around, you know, my pastor used to say, hey, the person that you really are, are is, is the person when nobody's looking. When we get behind computers and closed doors and, and the way we think about people and so forth, hey, who is that person? Jesus is willing to cleanse you immediately. Are you willing to come to him and ask him to cleanse you? As you look here, there was one who was willing. He was willing to come to Jesus and you had Jesus willing to cleanse him. And so as we think upon this thing here, hey, Jesus told his disciple to go and cleanse the lepers. That's a call for us. You see, there's Christians, there's believers, and there's disciples. Which one do you want to be? About 269 times in the New Testament, it talks about disciples. It only speaks about believers nine and three times or something like that. And Christians. The call is to be a disciple and to go out and make disciples. And you have a community here, I know. Hey, you don't have to go far. You have to get on a plane, fly overseas to do this thing. Hey, hey, the Lord has put people in your sphere that are lost. And look here, look. You can go and cleanse lepers, people who are full of sin, people who are acting like they're fine and really not. We have the opportunity and we need to ask the Lord for discernment and to love people despite what they may look like, what they may act like, don't write them off because the same gospel that saved us is the same one that wants to save those who are not walking with Jesus today. And so consider this. Hey, he's willing. Is there anybody here? Look, I don't want to draw this out. I don't want to make people close their eyes, bow their heads. But hey, if, I, I want to challenge anybody here that has yet come to a living relationship with Jesus. You know that you don't have a relationship with him. You know that you need him. You know that you're a sinner and you know that you need him to cover you before you stand before God. I want to challenge you to just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. It's a public confession. If that's your desire, we'll pray. I'm sure Brother um, Pastor Joe will, will follow up with you and build on that and, and, uh, and place you with some brothers and, or sisters with sisters who, um, who can encourage you in your walk. But don't leave this day today undecided because the reality is to be undecided is to be decided. As we close out, we simply see the Lord reaching. Are we willing to reach? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your example. And we thank you for all that you desire to do in us today, Lord. In this place.